Chris. Hello, Mike. How you been? I've been good. How, how are you guys doing? We're hanging in there. There's a lot, <laughs> lot to process having a new kid still and understanding just what, 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 what life even is that we're supposed to be doing with this thing that just is a blank slate for consciousness to be reflected. And who knows what, what we're programming him that we don't even realize that it's just who we are so far. Yeah. It's Black really thing. a magical thing, right? Because not only is the child magical, but now, like you just mentioned, you guys, it, there's like some sort of symbiosis there. Like there's cha- there's major changes all around, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's funny to think about what my priorities are and why are these my priorities when 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 my 17 month old son he just he has no priorities except to enjoy life and have fun and. And it's like, am, am I am I not doing that? Am I supposed to do that? I don't. I forget. It's like I have to remember what it was like to be that age. Yeah, that's what. Well, that's what, right? Jesus said, right? Be ye as little children, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that he he empathizes already. You know, he I can tell that he he can process when we're unhappy and and try to get on the same page on an issue, even though he, he can't talk yet. It's like there's still a desire for communication, a desire for understanding. And I'm excited for that stage where he's genuinely understanding. <laughs> wow. Very cool. Yeah. So um, I thought this would be, <laughs> I have, I've, I really don't know what I'm doing necessarily with this Essential Works TV platform and all these different uh, podcasts and shows. I've got a lot of recordings. I still need to edit still. Um, but it's it's always fun to have conversations, and I've obviously been doing this for many years in Colorado Springs, just having conversations, and we get we get into so many deep places just because it seems like there's there is magic in the way that that our higher selves place us in these situations to be together to have these conversations. It's always random when I have a local meeting who shows up and what they bring to the to the discussion. Um, but I've always appreciated your 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 meetings and your discussions. It seems like there's always a strong spiritual focus there that. Um, you seem to you seem to have a ability to always come back to to your teachings that you that you've you've been programmed with over the years, um, and uh, and recently you you suggested that you're starting a new podcast again with uh, uh, focus more on principles of freedom and liberty. I thought that'd be a lot of fun to talk about a little bit today too. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's just been actually about. Two weeks ago was my 20-year anniversary of when I started meditation. So, wow. so it's so you know, if if anyone's watch, if you're watching this and you're you know, and you're thinking, wow, these guys talk about this stuff. It seems like seems to come so easy for them, and there's all this knowledge and experience. Well, yeah, because it took 20 years. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, and I re- I really enjoy breaking things down to the fundamentals because everyone can, you know, understand that. Like when we have our local meetings here, our monthly meetups here in Colorado Springs with our group, new people show up almost every time. And so I ha- the way we talk about things, it has to be at such a simple and fundamental level that a new person walking in off the street can understand it and 
and and and and get something from it, right? Like you can't talk over people's heads. So that's believe it or not, that's that's like its own challenge, right? How do you explain something that's so deep and so out of the norm of people's thinking? How do you explain it simply? It's not it's not easy, right, Mike? Yeah, it's like we're starting with our culture. We're, we have to keep coming back to our culture, figuring out how do how do people view things, what are the lenses people have, and we're we're really just working with the collective consciousness when we're working with with community members. We're not forming our separate cult. We're actually just diving straight into what what our culture is, and when we when we have these open meetings and try to process it with other people, what what are people dealing with and um, it's it's the, a lot of the same things over and over people are dealing with it just anxieties and depression and um not knowing what to make of the the news and all the fear propaganda and it's just it's just like we're we're in an ocean of anxieties and fears that people haven't processed yet and it's just it's almost like it's it's an expected thing that people will will, will come with a political view <laughs> and come with uh, i guess strong beliefs around their their faith um but but that's luckily not so much in our in our kinds of communities where it feels like people are kind of trying to escape to some degree from the culture that they've known from their parents and their families. It seems like that's what meetup.com is great for people to kind of get away into a, a culture of people who kind of appreciate this struggle to to find meaning and what seems like a meaningless chaos of the world. Yeah, and I'm always amazed that even when a beginner, anyone everyone when anyone comes in and sort of is able to put the their regular everyday lives on the back burner and just sort of be a human being everybody has wisdom to share it's just under the surface you know like and and pe like it's so fascinating the wisdom that comes out of people it's just it's so beautiful right it's like probably what's a lot of what's happening with your son right now stuff just comes out He's not even trying. And that's what happens with us adults when we stop trying and just leave all this brainwashing and all that, put it aside. It's really, I'm, I'm never, I never cease to be amazed. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I agree. Um, so maybe we could dive in a little bit to um, what is it that people are fundamentally seeking? Um, what what is, is it connected to the concept of, of freedom and liberation? Do people know that they're they're wanting more liberation in their lives? Um, I don't know. Are you are you more referring to the spiritual side of things or the actual society? I feel like actual... it's all connected. How, how, do you feel like there's a connection between um, me having the right to, for example, um, do what I want to do in my in my yard, in my property, do what I want to do, and interact and engage in business the way I want to engage in business, and also be mentally spiritually free of um burdens and pressures and the things that that weigh me down internally yeah that's a good question I, I the first thought that came to my mind was that the spiritual side of things i almost of course everything is intertwined right we're not just spiritual beings we're not just physical beings like they're they're intertwined you can't you can't un unravel them or something you can't deal with them separately right they're, they're together but i feel like the spiritual side of things is i think what people are looking for is just um like you know okay 
let's think of a, a mother and a child, let's say a five-year-old, a mother and a five-year-old go into a store and all of a sudden the mom's looking over here shopping and all of a sudden the five-year-old is looking over here and all of a sudden the five-year-old looks up and goes, oh my God, where's mom? And there's that panic, right? Where's mom? I think that's how most human beings live their entire life. They're, with, with that sense of, it's not always like panic, panic, but it's always this idea of like, wh where's, where's mom, which means God or divinity or whatever it is. But it's like, wh where, it, where am I? I don't know where I am anymore. And where's mom? And so that's like this, that we're all living in that. And, and, and one thing that's good about admitting that is you just, then you can sort of say, okay, well, where is mom? Where is God or whatever? And then you could start looking in different places and eventually, hopefully you come to look in your own heart and, you know, and be surrounded by other people. And then you, and then I feel like once you sort of find where mom is, which is really, again, in the heart and you actually find it, it's not like a mental thing, like, oh, I'm part of God or I'm part of divinity and it's just a thought. It has to go deeper than the mental plane. It has to go to the heart. So when you meditate and meditate and you just over time and, and learn from the masters, you, 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 get this, you get this like natural faith in your heart that now, now you're with mom. Like you're already with mom. Mom's right here. Or, or right. picture a kid who's looks to the left and says, oh my God, where's mom? And, and then mom's literally right behind the kid and says, I'm right here, honey. That's how we are. We're looking this way. We're like, where's mom? Oh my God, this is crazy. Where am I? What am I doing with my life? And oh my God, what comes after I die and everything? And then divinity's right there saying, my son, it's okay. And then when you finally hear that, you just feel, you, you, you just feel relaxed then. You feel just natural, which is how divinity or God wants you to feel, right? So, yeah, it does seem like our parents are um, are there to help us process the feelings of separation and feelings of oneness. I mean, it's like we come out, and certainly, if if children are not um, able to be with their parents at the, at the start of their life, they can have tremendous issues throughout their life because it's it's hard to process what. What, what is what am I supposed to have trust in or faith in if this world is is not providing me with some some foundation to to support me? Um, but yeah, definitely the um, the the idea that um, we're 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 separated it's it sinks deep into our heart, and it, it, and it's kind of like this um, it's, it's like the blockage from faith, and I think faith is like a doorway into into all kinds of spiritual experiences, you know, law of one books call faith, the catalyst of the spirit. And it seems like, you know, there has to be some, some foundation in us to, to come back to, to hope and faith and trust. And, and it seems like our relationship with our parents is probably just overlaid over a lot of our spiritual growth that we're trying to, trying to achieve in life to, to break free from the, the, um, I guess the, the burdens of fear, which seem to be um, the the op opposite side of it, where when you're making decisions out of fear, we're 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 catching ourselves in 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 the the traps that prevent us from from truly being liberated and and actually being more controlled and manageable. Because when we're afraid, 
then it seems like we're more easily able to be, um, you know, told to put our money somewhere, told to put our time somewhere. Manipulated. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess my question is, do you feel like there's, um, um, a, a fundamental, um, unity that we can all come back to through, through this, um, spiritual seeking? Yeah, there really is. And that's why, you know, that's why we all, the more that each of us individually just focuses on growing spiritually, and that means meditation, I just have to say this out loud. Please don't think you can ever really grow spiritually unless you start meditating regularly. You just can't. It's just not. I mean, there'll be freak things that come to you and there'll be freak things that happen. But meditation is is so necessary to regulate our mind and calm us down. And, and, and when our mind is calmer, then we can then we sort of feel more. And so meditation, it, it just has to be there. Um, but one thing you mentioned in the, the original question was like this, this idea of freedom and liberty in the physical world. And that, you know, of course we see governments around the world are, are just, they're just infringing more and more on our freedoms and liberties. And they're, they they want to, we don't have to go into all the details of that, but it, it's, it's getting really bad. And I think the spiritual side is separate from that. Um, and, 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 well, I should say one way that I look at it, it's separate because the spiritual part is you can do it yourself. And the proof of that is, for instance, people like Gandhi, who just with their force of will and their spiritual and the love in their heart, they can, they can go through anything. You know, you can go, you can be in jail for decades and just, it don't even care. Like it is what it is. I don't, it doesn't matter because it, it in, in, in the higher realms, it really doesn't matter. So when, when you reach such a spiritual level, the physical plane doesn't really matter. I mean, now, I don't want to be in a labor camp ever in my life. I hope I don't ever have to go to a labor camp because I'm not going to like it. But at the same time, I will have to keep in mind and in my heart that even though I am in a labor camp, getting whipped or whatever I'm, is happening, it's okay. You know, mom is still right here and yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, but that's a whole nother level. So when I think of like the privacy and security issues of the real world, that's more interpersonal, right? That's my neighbor coming to me and saying, yeah, you, you can't do that in your yard. And I'm like, well, it's my yard. I, I'm going to do whatever I want. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. We wrote it down on a piece of paper here that you can't do that. And so you're doing that. So now we're going to take you and, 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 and put you in a cage for, for two years. And it's like, really? I mean, by the way, shout out to Larkin Rose. I don't know if anyone has ever watched Larkin Rose, his videos. He has a YouTube channel, Larkin Rose. He's a voluntarist and an anarchist. And this guy will absolutely blow your mind in terms of morality and freedom and liberty and authoritarianism and everything. It's it. You, if you really listen to what he says and understand it, you you will become a voluntarist because you are a voluntarist, right? And all voluntarist means is everything should be voluntary, everything. 
everything, everything. I don't care what government, I don't care what is happening. Everything should be voluntary, which means, okay, you can tell me I have to pay taxes, but make it voluntary. You can tell me we're going to build this road here instead of building that building over there. Okay, that's fine, but make it voluntary. Everything should be voluntary. I should not be coerced into anything. And if you, if you try to coerce me into something, now you are the aggressor. And I have the right, the God-given right, to defend myself. So that's the worldly side of it, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have been, um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I've, I've considered that maybe the preservation of the free will of others really is like the foundation of ethics and morality. And that's, you know, the Law of One books talk about the first distortion of the of the creation as being free will. This is the foundation of all creation is, is this principle of free will being explored to allow the creator to know itself. So it would seem that um, what you're talking about, voluntarism, is is really just respecting people to have a right to choose and making that the, the, the foundation of a, of a society. And you can't really, I don't know if there's really any downside to, to that other than that people might try to take advantage of one another. And then you end up having to, you know, interpret through some kind of judicial system, what, it, what does it actually mean for, for somebody to be um, agreeing or disagreeing or consenting, not consenting. Um, for example, by living in a city, are we subjecting ourselves to some kind of authority structure that the city is now um, holding over us? Yeah, I mean, these are great questions. And it's, it's it, people, people accept government because they, then they don't have to think about things. But the fact is, in our lives, we have to think about a lot of things. I mean, you got to figure out where you're going to get your next meal from. You got to figure out where you're going to sleep tonight and if it's going to be out in the cold or in, in, in a shelter of some kind. You have to figure out what you're going to wear and what kind of clothing. You, you need clothing. So you like life puts on us all these things that we need to live. And we can't avoid that. But what happens in modern times and mostly modern times, uh, and by modern, I mean, you know, the last three, four hundred years the, from the Enlightenment on is we've become very dependent on government. Uh, uh, government leaders, so-called government leaders come and say, OK, we're going to take care of you. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. You don't have to worry about it. We're going to do it for you. And we're going to provide eat easy food, easy this, and give free this and, and everything. And then what happens is the people, look, someone offers you free stuff. It's hard to say no. So we all say, yes, give me free stuff. But now we're slaves. And so we've given up a lot of our freedom and liberty for comfort. And what we've really done, and Larkin explains this, is, is we, we, we've allowed... Uh, We've allowed government or authority to do things that are immoral on behalf of us. So if someone grows the wrong, the wrong plant in their backyard, government is going to put them in a cage for two years or something. But guess yep. what? You and I supposedly voted for that. And so we're, we're condoning that. So that's an immoral act. You can't do, like, who, who gives you the right to do Could you do that, Mike? Could you walk, Mike, could you walk to your neighbor's house today and say, look, you're doing this thing, which I don't like, therefore I'm going to 
put you in bracelets and take you out of your house, I'm going to put you in a cage for two years because you did that thing I didn't like. Can you do that to your neighbor today? Can you? They don't no, respect you me can't. that much yet. <laughs> Why? Because it's immoral. Who yeah. are you to decide? So, so the moral argument is the argument, but people don't want to focus on that because what people say is, well, if we don't have government, who's going to build our roads? Like, who's going to do this and that? It's like, first of all, all government does is ruin everything. Do, do you under, Does anyone understand that? Everything, not just one or two things, everything. We can do a lot better on our own, but, it, but it's going to take more effort personally if we do it on our own, because then we're going to have to have local meetings and we're going to have to vote on the road and then we're going to have to pick a contractor for the road. And that's a lot of work. But what's the choice? We either do it ourselves, we do more work, or we hand over all the power to these authoritarians and, and now we're slaves. And it certainly seems to be that way with the monopolization of corporations now too being almost like an extension of the government the way that they they have all the the laws that support their industries that make it impossible for small smaller operations to compete with the the larger um, heavily regulated industries um obviously like healthcare being one of the biggest examples of that where you have got to be so careful what you what you even say is is a cure for anything you can't can't talk about that it's like where well, where's our freedom of speech now we can't even talk talk about natural medicines um but but it feels feels like an extension of the analogy of this is like our parent you know where the government has become our parent and we're just trusting them blindly um because we never really had a good relationship with a loving parent where we were expecting that this would be a, a mutual process of, of continuously exchanging um you know our, our energy and 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 love and now we're just um yeah it's it's a kind of comfort that we're that everyone's seeking i guess um it's interesting you say it that way that the government is like a parent but it's almost like the so so uh, we you know everybody has two parents obviously um in, at least in the very beginning um but it's like government is the evil parent and god is the the good parent yeah and then the the evil parent is going to just micromanage you and punish you and just and 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 not give give you know whatever just be a dictator whereas god on the other hand is nothing it's just love god says go ahead do you know this is this is our uh this is your life go ahead and experiment and do things and 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 grow learn and grow and learn how to open up your heart and yeah you might do some bad things but i mean that's how we learn, right? We've all done bad things. We've all said bad things. We've all thought bad things. It, there, there's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. But God at least says, I forgive you and I love you. Let's move on. But the evil one says, no, no, you're you're a terrible person. We're going to put you in a cage for 17 years. And it really is just different lenses of our reality too, I think. I think if, I think there really, there's a metaphysical laws that, that govern our reality regardless and forgiveness is one way of freeing ourselves in our in our future time freeing ourselves from the burdens that that may that may come our way and so yeah i, I suppose even forgiving forgiving the government forgiving the corporations can give us a, a more clear lens of how do we see god working how do we see the the spiritual liberation happening in the midst of these control systems and how do we bring about the revolution to, to 
to i mean it could happen on any level i feel like you know it could, people could in the local governments people can take back control I, i'm kind of amazed that we have legalized psilocybin now i was following the person who helped get these uh plant medicines legalized and they are they are very active to try to be of service to others to our community through through in, engaging and activating all kinds of people and organizations which could potentially you know make this a very useful thing but at the same time there has to be regulation just less than a month ago the regulation around plant medicines was passed into law in colorado and now it's similar it's similar to uh a little bit similar to cannabis you know 20 21 years of age um and you, you can't you can't do it openly you know there, there's a lot of similar laws that they have to put in place which which do kind of make sense but um you know if, if people have enough of a voice uh, or enough of, of a desire to change their reality and be of service they can potentially change any law um if there's enough effort behind it and the federal government which was had this heavy-handed um all these drugs are schedule one there's no evidence that there's any me medical value to it the state governments are just learning we can just say no we're, we're done we're done with the federal laws which don't make any sense and and that's that's an amazing um testimony to the fact that we can stand up a little bit yeah great point and i see that like with these regulations on cannabis and and uh psilocybin i think it to me it sounds like it's fine because what you're doing is you're you're letting the people do what they want but you're not letting them do it like you're you're not letting endanger you're not letting them endanger other people it's like alcohol right you can drink alcohol but you can't drive right now you might hurt other people so so you so so there need to be some things to keep things from going crazy and i feel like especially in the whole woke movement that a lot of the stuff they're trying to teach children these days from age five just like you can think whatever you want about gender and sexuality you can think whatever you want don't teach five-year-olds and don't brainwash five-year-olds and you could do whatever you want in your own house but why are you why are you trying to promote it out in the street and stuff like so so my point is this is my point because anybody can do anything that's obviously i'm a voluntarist right i'm not going to tell anyone you can't do that but we should all just do our own thing and just just do our own thing we don't have to tr like try to brainwash other people or change other people's mind. Now you're you're trying to coerce people. So just do, this is my attitude, just do whatever you want, but don't hurt other people and don't infringe on other people. And and if I think if we did that, just like you said, with cannabis and these other things, you, you, can, you can't do certain things because you're infringing on others. So I don't know, to me, it, when you really think about it from a high level, it's that seems very simple. But then you have a lot of people who are in their their narrow mind, right? They're they just want what they want, and they just want to fight with other people is really what it comes down to a lot of times. Yeah, and it's amazing how um, with with the control of the media and the ed education systems to a, to a large degree, or at least the consolidated information systems, um, people are are now at a point where there's like an engineered. Um, mutually exclusive belief system around these sorts of issues so some people can take it as their you know it's it's totally a religious thing for people to preserve gender identity uh, freedoms and 
um, abortion freedoms and all, all kinds of things that are are so heavily polarized. People can people can interpret them as my side is the side that is the true morality, and your side is not. And so at that point, we have to have some kind of um, counterbalance to to the, the the beliefs that that is just kind of saying we acknowledge that there are differences in beliefs and we're going to we're going to follow some higher principle and i don't know how we would go about that other than the courts right now and the courts themselves are easily easy, more easily controlled i suppose these days um it's hard to say yeah that's a great point how how do you handle that and and that's a great question so that's what we should be talking about instead of you know instead of some ridiculous donald trump interview where she said this and he said that and whatever like we need we need to discuss these real things. How can we have different opinions? At, how can we have drastically different opinions and still coexist peacefully? It can we can do that if we're adults. If we're children, we can't. And there's a lot of children these days, right? <laughs> a lot of adult yeah. children. Yeah, and it can be overwhelming to try to dig into culture this much. One one question I had for you is, you know. It, do do religious systems in India do the do the do they seem to break away from the mainstream culture or is is everything sort of a part of one culture? Do, are people able to have a, have a, a saint or a guru who doesn't respect the the laws or the culture, or do they always have to um, completely conform? I actually don't know. This would be a better question for my wife, but I don't even I don't know how much she knows. I mean, she hasn't been living in India since the late 90s so I really don't know I mean in general India as a country is is more deeply rooted in tradition and uh they're they're not uh as accepting of these newer woke all the new ridiculous stuff that I mean I'm sure it's there but it's not as prevalent as here um but yeah I mean so the the they're a spiritual organization I was a part of for many years. I mean, I never heard, there was never any talk. I mean, sometimes master would give a talk and he would mention certain things, you know, certain political events or social things, but he was just, just sort of like mentioning them, but there was, we didn't really focus on that. that. We didn't focus on culture and stuff. We were more like focused on spirituality, understanding, you know, what, what this is like, what is this? So, I mean, that, that takes a lot of time and effort to understand that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. And I know it, like, like you just said, it also gets, it, it can get overwhelming pretty quick. You know, this happens when I talk to my mom, my poor mom, although we don't talk about it so much, but she's at the age where she's like, she understands what I'm saying, but she just, she's not going to do anything about it. And, um, and it's okay. Um, as long as she's supporting the kids and grandkids right that's what that's it. so but it is it is tough right Th these are tough things to talk about i was just telling my wife i can't believe we're living through an era like this i i, I mean we we grew up learning about world war ii and 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 all that and the 20th century all the authoritarianism you know with mao in china and in in, in the soviet union and i mean these were things that my god these are the worst things ever and we overcame it and now we're, we don't have to deal with that. And all of a sudden, here we are, and now we have to deal with this. And I just can't believe I'm living in this time, and I have to 
deal with this really, but yeah, well, I, I don't know how much of it related to shifts in education that I, I, it's like, who's actually tracking what the textbooks say and what the, what the curriculum is and how conform, how much there's uniformity across the curriculum across the country now, where, whereas maybe in the past you'd have, um, you know, local regions with people with their own opinions and you'd have more, more people who maybe appreciate the, the foundations of liberty in, in some areas than others. And, and, and now we're in a society where, um, you know, the, the universities are like 90%, um, one, one, one orientation, which almost doesn't make sense how that can, how that could occur. Um, but that is something I had to, I had to wake up to in, in university when, when I was attending a college is that some classes were just about programming and some classes were about pro productivity. <laughs> mm. I had to learn, I had to learn to, to, uh, focus on what would actually matter, which, which encouraged me not to go to get a master's degree too. It's like, the, you know, as soon as you get out into the industry and you're actually producing things, this is a very different set of lessons than, than most of what I had been taught in school. Um, and it's, it, and your trade, trade school is probably a good idea for people to get, get into more focus on actually being a value. Cause it seems like once we're actually producing things, the, you know, the, it's clear to see the light of God in, in, in the service to humanity that's being offered as opposed to just a, a system of, of thinking and, and putting putting too much focus on 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 beliefs that aren't actually producing any fruit. Mm. That is a great point. And I just heard about this series of books called the Tuttle Twins. And apparently I've heard about it a couple years ago, but I'm actually about to buy the series of books, the Tuttle Twins. It's a series of 12 books or something, and it's for kids. And it's just very gently teaching them about freedom and liberty and free markets and it, more like libertarian or or sort of voluntarist sort of ideas but you know very gently right and and it's not not really religious it's more just bringing these concepts to into the minds of the children w without trying to without brainwashing them right you're not brainwashing them you're just you're you're giving that these little you know, you're teaching them these words and showing them scenarios of what this looks like. And so as they grow up, they at least have those seeds in their mind of those little things. So I'm about to, to get those books and start reading it with, uh, with our granddaughter. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. I saw one of, I think they had animated series too. I think I've seen one of them. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, I don't remember how much, maybe it's a different one I'm thinking of, but I've seen more and more, you know, <laughs> Liberty focused kids programming now so of course when i looked up reviews of course there was it was it, most most of the review probably 95 percent of the reviews were great because it's like people who are homeschooling their kids they're looking for just you know neutral sort of material and these books are great for that and then of course you have the five percent who are like oh my god this is you know these are fascists and teaching kids fascism and like just people who are literally unhinged they don't even know the words they're using they don't even know the meaning of and so th those are kind of laughable but i mean some people do fall for that kind of uh propaganda right just yeah. spewing words and it's, it's unfortunate but it's okay i one thing i wanted to talk about is um, you know, I, I think a lot of people take a lot of things too seriously, and it seems like the 
one way that I've experienced a degree of freedom is to appreciate the world as an illusion and a stage and just like a, a platform for me to have an experience where just as though I was watching a movie and learning a lesson, I get to watch it unfold in real life and and have have an experience that I can I can take gratitude in the fact that I'm having the experience and not have to wait for a condition externally to take gratitude in. I can I can see what's happening, take gratitude for the fact that it's teaching something. And even though the lesson seems to be a collective lesson that's kind of spiraling out of control, I think that it's just it's 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 accelerating our potential to learn the fact that we don't have to take this as seriously. We can we can come back to the heart and we can come back to our potential to create a new reality without having to take take this one so so seriously. Um Yeah, I agree. And it's it's right. And it's it's one way to look at that also is like your level of ego. Right. If your level of ego is very high, then it's like, oh, that's mine. You took what's mine and give me that. And where's and then you're scared. Where's mom? And it's just a lot of ego. But then when you diminish the ego and you realize, like you just said, that you're this is just an experience and you're part of this wondrous thing, which we don't even know what it is. But we know that there's love supporting it from underneath. Then you can sort of relax and just. uh experience it uh without so much fear so and and i think that diminishing of the ego i that i don't know maybe that's the lesson of being born as a human being right i mean that that could be the lesson right what do you think yeah yeah it seems like we are um i i i, I like the puppet show analogy that we're that we're pretending we're we're, we're doing a really good job pretending to be humans and and we're we're forgetting that we don't have to try so hard to always pretend to be humans. We can allow ourselves to be a part of one greater um, being that is playing playing out these different scenarios intentionally together. Intentionally, we we you know we have um, astrology that that pits one person with the planet over here, one person with the planet over here, and then we have this kind of metaphysical geometry which pits people against each other with opposite aspects of that character that personality trait and so now we get to have the most maximal fun that we can by by playing all these different contrasts out but but until you see that it's that the, you know, the the human mind is like this filtered veil of of, of consciousness where where it's just this tiny tiny uh a lot of one refers to it as uh we're wandering around in darkness with a tiny candle trying to correct imbalances but when we die and we go to the other side then we have a grand overview we, we a grand overview we can see the bigger picture of everything and see how it all fits together and we can heal from that we're, we're not necessarily correcting the imbalances that exist um when we're on the other side we have to incarnate for the correction of imbalances but but um when we when we do incarnate we forget that when we just have this tiny candle that there's a much greater picture to this whole thing but just but just wandering around um it can it can be stressful and and it can be confusing but but that's that just adds to the layer of fun when we see that it was just uh, you know just like it playing a video game the whole time yeah that's a beautiful way to to look at it and i want to ask everyone who's viewing this right now uh because mike and and i and a few others we're going to start doing a regular show and we were thinking about what to call it and i came up i think with the greatest name of a show in human history 
Um, so I want to tell you all that name right now. And then I want you in the chat, uh, put in a one in the chat if you like it and put a two in the chat if you dislike it. All right. So the name of the show could be Mike and the Meat Suits. Oh, it's so good. Come on. Come on. Let me see those ones. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a one. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> I forget oh, what the other a... names were now too, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do love that, that, that concept. It's, it's, um, I think Ramdas said dying is like taking off a tight shoe. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're in this, we're in this tight shoe of a body and, and boy, it's, it's, it's it's restrictive it's strange i just came up with another uh, another this is okay this might be the second best name in human history uh the tight shoe crew oh come on <laughs> it just it comes so easy folks it just it comes out of me you know <laughs> yeah okay yeah. sorry <laughs> no that's great yeah uh um so we could go in a few different directions now. Um, so yeah, what, well, another question that, that I think is related is like, what what is telepathy? Like when we when we're experiencing telepathy, and certainly more with my son, I feel like I'm getting some sense of how I can how I can, I can kind of visit him in my mind, and I can find his his innocence, and then from that standpoint, it feels like we're communicating on a deeper level. Looking into his eyes is another thing when I. I can catch a glimpse of him when he's actually curious what's going on in my mind. He'll look into my eyes, and 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 if I'm if I'm if I have love in my eyes, he can forgive me much more easily than if I'm distracted and doing my own thing. He doesn't he doesn't appreciate as much. Um, but I feel like telepathy is like the one mind recognizing itself in multiple bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, or or yeah, or like some sort of a resonance across space and time, like just something that it, yeah, I don't know what the connection is. I mean, I've read a lot of the stories about telepathy. I mean, that's one of the original, uh, well, aliens and telepathy were, were two of the first topics that sort of were leading me towards spirituality. And so I've heard stories and also in my own life, I mean, I could, you know, I don't know if I've ever had telepathy with someone at a distance, although it has happened many times where I'll be thinking of someone and then they'll call. That's happened at least two or three times. And also the other thing that I experience quite a bit is, and, and this is probably different. I, I don't even know if I would consider this telepathy, but me and my wife, like we'll be driving in a car for 30 minutes and then all of a sudden we'll both start to talk at literally the same time and we were literally both going to say the same thing. Yeah. But again, I don't know if that's telepathy. That could be, I don't know what that is. Maybe, what do you think that is, Mike? Well, Rupert Sheldrake did so much scientific investigation into that kind of thing. He's basically proved that everyone has this this ability to know when somebody else is calling them, when there's a connection to that person, when there isn't a connection to that person is totally random that it's not as easy, but when you've already got a bond with that person, then there's already like an ability to, to understand that person's vibration subconsciously. And you can get that, you get the phone call before you get it physically, you get it in your, in your mind, I think. And I don't, I still don't even know if that's, um, 
something that's happening on some higher level where it's not just that person's mind it's it's like a, a joint aspect of consciousness which is on some deeper level that is um manifesting through both of you that that particular event that's about to happen that's what i was going to say maybe it's something that's filtering down through reality that not makes them think of, or makes you think about them and then makes them call you like yeah so it's not it's not this one that causes this one it's something from above that causes both at the same time right that's deep yeah yeah the law of one books talk about a social memory complex that we're all kind of like becoming the one mind of the planet as we as we grow more in oneness um and this is this is like it's like a unit of consciousness which then becomes like they said ra is an example of a social memory complex that is now acting and thinking as one being and communicating as one being even though it's a collective of, of minds that are merged together and then maybe that on like a galactic level happens at some point too where the galaxy becomes one one mind again interacts with other galaxies and or maybe that's already happening that's always how it's been is just the the mind of the galaxy is one consciousness so i got on a tangent here what were we talking about <laughs> telepathy yeah. i guess <laughs> yeah just connecting telepathically yeah yeah, yeah it's fat I, and i so i wonder ha have you ever read or heard anything or experienced anything about is is there some sort of a state of mind i can put myself into to be more receptive to that i assume so with meditation I assume that there's kind of getting out of the way of the higher mind that's happening. And then you can tune into, um, I, I guess some people call it the Akashic records or the, you know, you know, I think there's a, there's a deeper aspect of our mind that, that we're always tapped into if we clear the pathway and, um, yeah, we have on Ascension Works TV, we have somebody named Bill Foss who's been teaching on the Akashic records for decades now, I think. And he, He's got a lot of different practices he's picked up from from different um, backgrounds that um, that are. I think visualization is one thing that that can help people um, focus their minds um, more on getting to a place in the subconscious mind. Um, visualization is is an amazing topic in and of itself. That that there's there's actually ambiguity for me between what is imagining something and versus having it actually manifest on a, on like an astral plane which then has effects if you energize it strong enough it has effects on the physical reality which seems to be what what um, people are referred to as magic or prayer i think is related to that too um yeah. i heard of a certain test i read about a test that was done and i forget which book this was in because i've read so many books over the years but they literally did a test for that so they what they did is they had three groups of basketball players and they were shooting free throws. So the first group, what they did was they went on the court. You know, first they, they got a baseline for every player, right? Every player shot whatever, 100 free throws, and you get their score, whatever. Then the first group went and they practiced. Let's say they practiced 100 more, physically practiced. The second group, they... I forget what the second group did. Or maybe there was only two groups. Let's say there's two groups then. The second group, they didn't physically practice. They sat down and they imagined themselves shooting free, 100 free throws. And so, so one group did it. 
physically practiced, the other group mentally practiced, and then they both went on the court and they shot and they both improved by the same amount. Wow. So that, I mean, it, I don't know how many, I'm sure there's been more tests than one test, but but de- I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, again, the connection between mind and body is something we don't understand. And so, and that's why like, I love visualization. Even in the the book I wrote years ago, I talk about visualization and I've done it throughout my life, but I, I always think about it. I'm like, I should keep doing that. Like, why don't, why don't I do that every day? Sit down and see myself doing this and providing service and people, customers coming and giving me money and right. And, and that's the kind of thing, by the way, which I, I have ridiculous ideas all the time about starting live streams just to do stuff like that. Okay, we're going to do a 15-minute visualization live stream every day. And we start the live stream, and I say, Hi, I'm Chris. Glad you're here. Let's spend 15 minutes visualizing. And then that's it. We all just sit there with our eyes closed. And then after 15 minutes, I say, Okay, great job, guys. See you tomorrow. But who's going to tune into that? <laughs> one thing that I could share, the, the Law of One books um, put emphasis on uh, it's like a it's like a muscle that that you have to build, uh, and you can visualize anything as long as you choose something to visualize, and you keep it going for several minutes. They say once you can maintain the same image in your mind for several minutes, then that 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 signals that you're 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 able to work with more of the visual, visualization potentials, which can what they what they called uh, doing polarizing in the in the collective consciousness so we can we can actually benefit the planet in many ways just by working on our own muscle of visualization to to enhance that ability and they said it will transform boredom and discomfort when we're actually you know making use of it um that we can actually you know continuously work on that and and get somewhere with the with the planet and i assume with with anybody in our lives if if we're if you're having issues in your life you can try to visualize the opposite and experience the opposite of what seemed to be the issue and, and continuously balance that, that, that energy, that energy or that metaphysical pull that the the negative was having and put it, put it back in a positive balance with, with just the power of your mind alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's that great sounds practice. great. And maybe we could set up something uh, short term. Yeah. Like maybe we could set up like a seven day, visualization boot camp yeah <laughs> seriously 20 minutes yeah. a day for seven days that's it yeah yeah that's interesting there are so many different recommendations for visualization out there too it's like it spans such a spectrum and some people have miraculous um benefits from different kinds of um, visualizations than others and there's some even uh question around um there, there's a ritual of of the fire that's recommended that in in the in the law of one books that um wasn't completely described but um it seems to have a deep history and uh, jib mccarty seemed to suggest that it was related to like visualizing the power of the sun illuminating your chakras and energizing yourself that way and i think that you know visualizing in the locations of our chakras actually will have more of a benefit um than visualizing externally because we can kind of 
work with the, the energy systems of our body, which are fueling our, our mind and fueling our visualization power as we're, as we're growing in that ability. So that's yeah, one that's that I would try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. And one other thing about visualization that I always remember from Tony Robbins is he mentions that the more sensory data you can visualize, like, for instance, you can see something, you, you can see yourself going into a job interview and getting the job. But you can also, you know, make it like really super detailed, like walk in and you look at the chair and you feel yourself sitting down in the chair and you feel yourself sitting up straight and it, it smells like a clean office and the, there's a, someone interviewing you and you just, you're completely relaxed. And, you know, you can like, I think the more nitty gritty detail you get into, uh, the, the better, right? Because it sort of immerses you in there and it also helps you keep doing it. Because just start trying to sit there and think, okay, I'm going into a job interview and I get the job. I'm going into a job interview and I get the job. Like that's not, that doesn't seem very compelling, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like the placebo effect to some degree that we're we're, we're programming our 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 consciousness to not 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 engage in, um, I guess the patterns that that are very familiar, of breaking the patterns of anxieties. You know, another crazy thought I had uh, is that, and and I'm sure this has been done, but and I may have even brought this up before, but have some sort of a retreat center where you can bring a bunch of basically kids. Like, so let's say you take them, you know, when the kid's five years old, a, like 50 kids that are five years old come with their families and live in this place and then for the next 15 years, you literally just, you're teaching them, you know, every day you do visualization and like, you just, you do everything that you and I and everybody watching should be doing every day, but you just teach the kids and, and it's all, and, and I'm, I'm just so curious, like those 50 kids, when they, when they become adults, like how, how powerful would they be? Like how, how, like what, wh what would that be like? I, I'm so curious. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, I, I I don't know what the boundary is of where well, there's so there's so much human drama when you start trying to create a society of people that are broken away, um, and but but I I know that you know Christian groups can um, teach people to pray together and I think there's a lot of power there um, if people are believing it and they're they're seeing it with their minds that a child's prayer I've I've heard stories of children's prayers being the ones that broke broke the, the the issue when when in groups of christians with the adults praying and praying and then the child comes involved gets involved and then there's the breakthrough i've heard some of those stories um but <laughs> yeah it's just like the education system you know it's like who has the right to <laughs> to teach their philosophy over their kids and and you know i i can imagine that in, in town we have uh, groups of homeschooling parents that are very much like-minded that are that are forming and we hear about some of these now once in a while and so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go through this whole process myself with my child now and figure out how can we get him together with other kids and get them get them understanding prayer or meditation to some degree um although i'm not sure if you can teach um meditation at a young age i, I don't i don't yet know 
I don't even know how that works if, if the child is so distracted uh, or, or unable to understand their their mind. Um, well, the the practice I was involved in that yeah the you had to be eighteen to start the practice and and the the idea was that you know when kids are kids their sort of brain is still forming and they're still so you you kind of have to let them grow naturally for a while and then maybe when they're around 18 then they can start meditating because the other thing is you if if you really want to start meditating for real you you kind of have to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it right it can't yeah. just be something like oh daddy told me to sit down and shut my eyes and that's not great so yeah probably waiting until you're an adult to start and until you understand that hey you're on a spiritual path now and you understand what that means uh however for kids, I've heard a lot of people say that you can do a lot of things like you don't call it meditation, but you can have quiet time. You can have vi visualization time. I mean, there's probably a hundred things you can do that are very similar to meditation that would be really helpful for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen um, people on YouTube, you know, training their kids to read with, without, with the blindfold on and, and learn that that kind of ESP. I think that I'll have to experiment with some of that too. It seems like one way of beginning to understand the inner mind and the power of the inner mind. Yeah, I mean, who knows the limit, right? We don't know. We don't even know the limit of what we're talking about here, right? No one knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid, after watching Star Wars, I don't know if I was eight years old or something, thinking, oh gosh, I wonder if that's actually real. But can I use the Force and then just... I just tried for, you know, a few minutes. Like, I guess, I guess the force isn't real. I can't do it. I can't find a way to do it. But if somebody had truly convinced me, no, 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 you got to start small. <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to work on it more than that. <laughs> Maybe I would have tried harder. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many applications of this. Like we, we, we just, we, we have so many limits on our thoughts. You know, I had, uh, for instance, I had this idea. You know how in the United States, the political system, there's basically two parties, right? Democrats and Republicans. And of course, there are, what, hundreds of other parties or thousands, but they're so small and insignificant and, and, and they don't have any power. And, and so it always comes down to the two parties. And then you always hear this discussion about, oh, there should be, you know, we want a third party to, to get some power, like the libertarians is probably the best example of that where they're not really, they're somewhere else. They're, they're a different type of party than Democrat and Republican. So people want a third choice. But here, this is what I thought. And, and, and this is the reason I'm saying this. This is an example of the fact that we, we, can, we can try to do whatever we want. Like we don't have to stay in the two-party system. So my idea was instead of bringing in a third party, which people have been trying to do forever, it hasn't worked yet and it won't work probably um my idea was let's bring in a third and fourth party and have one lean conservative one be more liberal and then just start taking people from the democrats and republicans and 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 bringing them into these two new parties but there'll be new parties but they'll i mean the idea is that they wouldn't be corrupt like the other parties right start new yeah. And I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. But any, so anyway, I don't know if that would work. Pro probably not because everyone's going to think you're 
a fascist and a racist and a, what you know they'll just label you everything in the book and then you know <laughs> yeah it's it's boy the power structures are very very well entrenched and, and intelligent and it's 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 a it's an uphill battle but i guess um yeah it, it would make sense to me that there be um i guess more movements when 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 there's something that's a serious issue that the republic republicans and democrats are not are not dealing with and there and there's a lot of very serious issues that are like the <laughs> people are not getting the budget under control there's so many issues that seem to be th things people could get, unite on that we need to, we need to form form an alternative um but gosh I, I, that's a separate discussion completely i guess totally yeah um, yeah that's deep too yeah um and plus as a voluntarist i don't believe in government at all so anyway but of course i'm I'm half kidding because I'm not really kidding, but I, but I don't think true anarchism is ever going to really be tried because as well, at least for the next many years, because people just, they, they, their brain can't handle it yet. So, which is, it is what it is. Yeah. So we're going for an hour now, I guess we can get wrapped up pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's great to keep on having conversations and talking about all kinds of things. Um, so I guess the the heart the heart of the discussion I wanted to 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 address is 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 freedom and liberty and you know do um do you feel like people should be focused on on the on freeing themselves is that is that a fair way to say it do we need to free ourselves all the different ways to be become voluntarists as a as a culture uh yeah, I mean, yes, I think that that would be great, um, you know, but again, it comes down to the individual, right? So as an individual, probably where you have to start is with your mind, right? Like I, I have to understand all the mental frameworks and all the brainwashing and all the uh, the coverings, right? The ego and like, like all that is... I, it's like I'm in my own prison, right? I've created my own prison for myself and I'm in it. So before I go change the government, first it comes to me and I need to let go of this stuff, let it drift away. And I need to become more pure by studying the fundamentals of life, you know, love, patience, forgiveness. There's so many, I mean, vital yeah. fundamentals of life that are, great that we can each uh d develop in our char our personal characters so to me that's the first place is is like a personal freedom and liberty um and then after that then it comes to i well then i guess as jordan peterson talks about you should start with yourself and then the next level is the family and then the next level is the like probably your local town or your local neighborhood and then your city and then your country and then the world. Yeah. And it, but it seems like today um, there's so much uniformity of belief systems because of the programming across all the different levels that potentially a person getting along with their, their loved one 
is as much of a challenge as getting along with somebody from a different state who has completely different uh, background because of the because of the way in which um, people are are given the indoctrinations around specific issues that are very divisive. So it seems like the yeah the, the mental healing has to happen where you're 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 forgiving everyone first. I don't care what your belief is. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to love you no matter what that is. That seems to be very very central to to um, being able to get along to the point where we can even have conversations and and continue to, to peacefully work through our differences in some in some way to to continue to coexist basically. Yeah. yeah, forgiveness, forgive the other people and love the other people, but 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 I want to point out that loving other people doesn't mean you have to talk to them or live near them or even deal with them or give them any attention or nothing. Because there are people in this world that are they're working for the devil, you know, they're evil. They're 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 pursuing bad intentions. They really are. And and that again we can love them we can accept them and we can ignore that for a while but at some point if you know if if things get bad enough or they get too close or they're threatening harm then you have to do what you have to do and of course this comes back to the story of arjuna in the bhagavad gita right where he had to kill fight a war and kill his own family members, his mentor, his teachers, literal family members. He had to literally kill them because it was his dharma. And so um, that, that to me, that's a very strange area of life. It's like there, there's such a balance between, oh, I want to love everyone and I'm so spiritual. And then on the other hand, like I'm going to literally kill these evil people. Like we are forced in this human incarnation to, to, to somehow end up in the middle. We can't just be all lovey-dovey and accept everything because then they're just going to kill us or, or put us in a camp. And we can't be like, well, we're just going to, we're not going to take any crap from you. We're going to kill you. It's, it's, it's so strange that we have to navigate a path through the middle and, but we have to. And so that's why like talking with you, Mike, and talking with your, ascension works communities and everything like we we have to we have to these are the things we have to talk about we 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 don't have to debate abortion and all these other debates like first we have to talk about we have to help each other get in the right mind frame and 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 get rid of all this brainwashing and and be real human beings with each other that's what needs to happen first so i'm really glad you're doing that mike thank you yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's all about uh, the balance between love and wisdom. I think is the way Love One puts it, and the the battles move on into um, higher densities of consciousness. Even the more advanced beings, not the it's like there's there's a, a level on which people have uh, beings have transcended the the appearance of duality, and they see the value in every single positive and negative. Um, attribute that is that is balanced out in the in the higher in the higher level of looking at it, but in the way that we're looking at it, and we're, we're we still see ourselves as up against um, the issues and up against the enemies, and it, it forces us to find the way to love through wisdom and 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 find the the way to set the boundaries and set the parameters of our reality, and certainly you know our our country, United States has has foundational principles that have given us you know the safeguards 
so that we can we can kind of operate a, around um, principles of liberty, which I believe is basically this voluntarism idea you're talking about, is that seemed like they originally were going for with our country, and it's just everything is 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 corrupted and manipulated because that's just human nature, at least on this planet at this time. And so um, and <laughs> it's, it's very fascinating how even the, the talk that we need to be more loving is one form of manipulation for people to be manipulated into giving over their, their free will around a particular area. So um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to navigate and it's, it's great to continue having open, open conversations. Um, but I just want to say everyone should stand strong in your morality and your beliefs. That doesn't mean go out and cause trouble and kill people and don't do that. But but do not let people push you around, not even the government. And just, again, you just do your own thing. And, and you don't have to, it doesn't have to come to a clash, but just stick with, stick with good people. And and do what you believe to be right, and and you and and of course don't infringe on anyone else's freedom or liberty, and and you'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah, it's very beautiful. All right, I guess we can continue this conversation another time, and uh, um, and hodl Bitcoin. Sorry, just had to add that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Are you still following Bitcoin pretty closely? The 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 crypto sphere? Yeah, yeah, following it pretty close. Yep. Yep, it's it's the same. It's, you know, I think we bottomed out, so we're it, again, it's going to take probably a year or a year and a half to go up, but we're going we're on our way. That's a deep subject, but yeah. Yeah, that's another you know, the idea of money and value and yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Yep. Thank you guys Thanks for everybody. joining. All right. Take care.